Hello, everybody. I'm Tom Dorsey. And I'm Ian Saunders. And it is the 17th of April, one day before the weekend of Easter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, short, short week this week. In the so, you know, if you look at the Trader's Almanac, which I have not done, you know, we did look something up. We did. Yeah, we did, we did look something up online. We did. We saw that in April, there were the, the week leading up to Easter, um, there's a market adage that if, if that week is positive, if you're positive heading into Easter, then the market t- tends to do decently um, after the, afterwards for the rest of the year. So we've okay. done pretty well here here thus far leading, leading up, right? Yeah, we have. But, Ian, as young as you are, I want you to tell me another market adage that's coming up here. Another market adage that's coming Old up Old market here. adage. The old selling may go away. You got it. Way to go, man. You're absorbing. Yeah, I'm trying to. Selling may go away. And there are some people that say, oh, that doesn't work. And, and there are a number of people more that I have seen that say, you know what? If you, had, if you do that, you take your money out, buy bonds mm. or buy treasuries or something that's stable, income producing, and go on vacation, you do well, mm. i.e. for the whole year. Now that's a pretty interesting concept. I, you know, whenever I think about that, sell a man, go away. I think of, you know, you're managing a portfolio for yourself. You're doing well. You come up to May, okay? Sell a man, go away. You you go with a market adage, and you go to cash, and then you go to Bali, mm-hmm. and you stay in Bali and Indonesia on the beach for the next six months. Lock in this game. Yeah, and you don't come back until, um, that will be November first. Until November, yeah. How about that for life? That doesn't, doesn't sound like a bad. Would, would you like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, following, staying within the concepts of, of a plan, an organized plan. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and we, and we we have some some areas there. Some some of the FSM models on, on the site capture that that seasonality aspect in the market there. Okay, so. now don't throw out acronyms. What is FSM? Yeah, so FSM is stands for Fund Score Method. So it's going to indicate those models on the platform um, that look at the fund scores of funds instead of using strictly the relative strength-based approach that many of our other models utilize. So, Okay, now um, explain you, the fund score. The, the fund score is going to be a scoring system we have for, for ETFs and mutual funds that um, ranks or gives you a ranking of a fund that goes from zero to six, zero being the worst and six being the best. A lot of different factors that, that, that go into that score. Um, looks at three main points. Uh, looks at the, the trend analysis. So is that fund above or below its moving averages, is it on a buy signal or sell signal, is it a positive or negative trend, then looks at relative strength against the market and relative strength against the peers. Um, so each of those factors add up to two points, gives you a total possible score of six. And so those, those fund score method models um, utilize, come in and evaluate an, an inventory of names based upon those fund scores. And so those fund scores will change uh, pretty frequently, um, pretty much every day. And so we utilize those set evaluation points, and some of those evaluation points there um, for, for many of the models are going to capture that seasonality aspect in the market. So they'll be evaluated at the beginning of the month of February, May, August, November. So those you would get access to with the, the new the ESS package that we have. It's a part of the Team Builder tool. Um, so if you have access to those, you can see that FSM models uh, tab there on, on the models page. Yeah, and I want to tell you, if you go to the models page and just take a look at the returns, uh, in these FSM models. These are pretty cool. And I asked Steve, you know, Steve was our, uh, he, when, I, <clears throat> when I owned uh, DWA, Steve was my um, mutual fund guy. Mm-hmm. And I asked Steve, I said, why 
do these funds do so well, the ones that we have selected here? Um, one of them was not, not Van Eck, but um, oh, I can't think of which one it was. But he said, they're great stock pickers. Mm -hmm. So when you take great stock pickers that run the mutual fund, then put them into a matrix and pick out the best of the best. Mm -hmm. Man, this is, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at some of the returns here, um, the, the symbols are long in, in nature. I mean, God, 26 different symbols to, to pull the chart up. But all you got to do is click on it. But um, you, you definitely want to look at these and put, put them together. Absolutely, absolutely. Here's another thing I was thinking of. You know the, the lifestyle funds? So if you were retiring and you said, and here's one of the things that advisors do. You go into an advisor, you have money, you want to put it down. They say, okay, let's do a lifestyle fund. In other words, when do you plan to retire? Let's say you plan to retire 30 years from now. So that's around 2050. So let's just say it's 2050. So you buy a fund that is a 2050 fund. It'll be more equities today, and when you get to retirement, it'll be more bonds. But the interesting thing to me is that this, these have gone too far. But if you went to, let's say, Vanguard and took all of those funds put them into a matrix and bought the top five, basically that matrix in relative strength would push you in the right direction so that you're retiring in 2050. But you may maybe the the mix and the matrix says, Ian, you need to buy things, you need to buy bonds right now. Mm -hmm. And you say, well that's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. But you may want to buy bonds right now. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we looked at, a friend of mine um, John Quintero, by the way, one of the smartest people I know in this business, great friend of mine, I've mentored him along the way. He said, what if we, what if we took the lifestyle fund, let's say you're a 2050 and you're going to retire, and unzipped it. Hmm. And we unzipped it, and inside of it you've got, you're looking at the guts, mm -hmm. and it's all funds inside of it. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we manage those funds and things that are inside of that fund that's been 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 determined truly right and just for you at 2050 retirement. Mm, but let's take that fund and say, you know what, we'll take the 2050 fund, mm -hmm. but Mr. Jones, I'm going to manage it for you. There's stuff on the inside. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sound cool? It does, taking that a little bit more tactical approach. with the, with Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Man, I'm telling you. Uh, it, it gets me going, but heck, I'm already at retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got a little bit of a ways to go before getting there. So. But think about it. Think, think about when you want to retire, let's say 30 years from now. And then for the fun of it. In fact, let's do this for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. Go get a 20, let's say 30 years, you're going to retire. Would that be sensible? Do you think yeah, for well, you? We'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, then go get one of these 2050 funds. Okay. Let's unzip it and see what's in it. All right. And then see what we could do to create a model to run the 2050 unzipped. That would be cool. That would be. That definitely would be cool. That's where you come up with cool ideas yeah. that can be wrapped up in, in something else done with them. Yeah, so what other cool idea have you come up with this week? Well, um, I mean, we're, we're always trying to come up with, with some, some cool ideas here, here, here at Dorsey, right? And um, we have a variety of kind of website features that we're kind of coming up with and continue to enhance. Um, a lot of webinars going on here. So if you're having any kind of difficult to hear with any of the aspect and definitely want to be sure to take advantage of some of those webinars are going to be featured in 
the, the research report there. Um, there was a good piece in the report yesterday that we were working on that looked at um, we're in the midst of earnings season here. And so... Um, Our what season? In earnings season here. Earnings. Okay, earnings. I thought you said in season. No. So I got my hearing aids in. But, <laughs> uh, but in the uh, earnings season can obviously be um, have, create some swings in, in a lot of securities that maybe in your client's portfolios for, for those of you listening. So a um, good piece in there about how, how to hedge through ETFs so you can take the names of some, some, fun, um, some stocks that are coming up that might have upcoming earnings and um, looking at hedging those with, uh, through, through ETF options. So that definitely a piece to take a look at there if you have access to the, to the uh, daily equity report on the research. The way I look at earnings is it don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. All comes down to the price, right? Well, yeah, because it all comes down to the price, and here's why. <clears throat> earnings come out. Have you ever seen a stock that come out with bad earnings that goes up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, how can that happen? <laughs> how is that possible with all the CFAs and, and the Harvard MBAs in the world that know exactly what's going to happen with the stock? Mm-hmm. The earnings come out, and they're bad, and the stock goes up. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that would happen? This is a Mr. Wizard question. Mm-hmm. The invest- Here's the thing. Anthony Noto back in the year 2000, and we've mm-hmm. used this a number of times, He's, he was a great um, um, uh, internet.com analyst, and he was at Goldman Sachs. Great guy. He was uh, um, uh, on the board there. Or he, was a, he was a director. Of, and they asked him, you know, during the dot-com crash, everything went down. And they said, why did you ride some of your stocks down 98% before you put a sell on them? Well, he said, in essence, and... And he's totally truthful. I'm a fundamentalist. Mm-hmm. I can't make any changes mm-hmm. in my portfolio until the fundamentals change. Mm-hmm. He said the fundamentals hadn't changed. Mm-hmm. He said investor sentiment changed back in April of last year. Wait a minute. What's he saying? In essence, what he's saying is investor sentiment changed. Investors decided to sell more stocks than they were buying. Mm-hmm. And in the end, that's exactly it, Econ 101. If there are more sellers than buyers willing to buy, prices will go down. Yeah. Plain and simple. Comes back to supply. It's all about so, the supply and demand. So in earnings, when earnings are, are when earnings are bad, mm-hmm. people investor sentiment change. Investor sentiment may just look at that stock and say that's the last bad earnings it's going to get. It's nothing go. but up from here. There you go. And they buy the stock. Mm-hmm. Conversely, they may look at that and say, "Gee, bad earnings. Let's just sell the heck out of the stock. Mm-hmm. We're out of it." And that's investor sentiment. That's the irrefutable law of supply and demand. Things in motion will tend to stay in motion until acted upon by an opposite force. That will be supply and demand. And sometimes, earnings come out and they're great. Have you ever seen that when the stock went down then? Absolutely. Oh, Lord, how can that happen? Great fundamentals, price-earnings ratios, management, all the things the CFA looks at are are in line. Then beat analyst estimates Mm -hmm. and the stock goes down. Maybe that's the last time that beats the estimates. Precisely. That's exactly what investor sentiment might think. That's mm-hmm. probably the last time that they're going to have great earnings like this. Let's sell it and go see another stock. Yeah. In other words, it comes back to investor sentiment, mm-hmm. plain and simple. So when you get to the end of that funnel, I don't care how much information you stuff into it from CNBC or Fox News or, or anywhere. Don't, don't turn those stations on. Mm-hmm. It comes down to price and the tip. That's it. That's that price movement we track here on the, on the point figure chart. So like Mike Burke, my mentor, told me, he was the editor of Chartcraft um, for many years, the late, great Mike Burke. He looked kind of like, a, like Einstein sometimes. Mm-hmm. But man, 
this guy, he understood the markets. And he told me one time, he said, Tom, the market will do what it wants to do. I thought, how trite can that be? It's exactly it. Mm-hmm. The market is going to operate here. It's looking ahead 18 months. It's not looking at CNBC. By any stretch. That's yeah. another thing Mike taught me many, many years ago. Everything that is said and written on Wall Street is said and written to make you do the wrong thing. Mm. Don't forget that. I won't. See, now you'll be sitting here when you're 70 years old, 71 years old like me, and you'll be saying, you know that old fox Tom Dorsey? <laughs> he told me this. I will, absolutely. I'll be long gone unless I can find some kind of magic youth. Ah, well, you, you never know with some, some, some of the advances in technology these days. <laughs> well, Ian, it's always fun, my man. Um, it's fun to just have a, have a discussion, have a talk here about absolutely, different yeah. types of stuff. We don't have to be too serious. No, no. It's, it's, it's a short week. We, we got a long weekend coming up. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody next week.